October 21st, 2018. It's a lot from Pedro Show.
Watch for Pedro Show. Happy Sunday. Uh, Brother Matt is taking another trip, so he's not here. But I'm not man alone, totally in my pad here in Pedro. And not even via Skype, but in person, all the way from Strong Beach. Mr. Ray Barbie, welcome aboard. Thanks for having me, Mike. Yeah, in fact, we start off with John Coltrane, along with Thelonious Monk, you know, those nine months he played with him, doing Epistrophe, the short version. I think they record, it's called the Riverside Tapes. And then, um, brand new album. Uh, what's it called? Uh, the Pewter? Oh, yeah. T- 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 Tiara for Computer. C- Tiara from Computer, right, right. Yeah. Is a... Uh, Ornithology, you know, ornithology, everyone knows it's the study of birds, but it's also the name of a famous Charlie Parker song. So when I listened to this, I thought it was going to be your trippy interpretation on Charlie Parker. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> because his nickname was Bird. Yeah, yeah. Yard Bird, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. We, went, we went another direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's why uh, people, I don't know if you realize this, but you cannot copyright a song title. Yeah. Okay, so you yeah. can have a... That's how I'm getting away with this. <laughs> <laughs> but who knows? Mr. Parker might have heard an orange. True, an too. And then, you know, just all these ology words. That's why I picked Pistrophe, too, Mr. Monk. Um, Ray, what's your earliest music memory? <clears throat> my earliest music memory? So my dad, um, you know, I grew up, my both my parents, uh, my, my dad is from uh, Little Rock, Arkansas, and my mom is from... Mobile, Alabama, and they met in the service, and I'm so thankful that when they met and they were done with their service, they got married and moved to San Francisco, and so I was born in San Francisco, um, and then we had a house just outside of San Francisco in Daly City, and my my earliest remembrance of music was my, my dad played saxophone. And I never forget. I was probably about four years old, and he had he had like a little practice spot in the house. It was a basement set up, and I remember I would walk down there because I'd hear the music, and he'd be in there jamming with his band. Oh, and so he had band down there. Yeah, they were getting it. <laughs> was he tenor, alto? Um, he's alto. Alto, okay. Yeah, yeah. And so, anyways, well, you know, John I, Coltrane started out. He, I think, it was Clean Ed Vincent. That told him, hey, maybe go to the tenor. Oh, so yeah. He did his time with Alto. Yeah, that yeah. stuff in the Navy's Alto. But what's heavy about my dad is he was old school. He was like Annabelle Adderley. And, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Because yeah, yeah. he's Florida. And, but the thing is, is like he couldn't, when I got turned on to Coltrane, yeah. he couldn't He couldn't get with oh, that. No. He was like those ideas, he was way more traditional. He maybe was, uh, Lester Young, Coleman Hawkins. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But those guys kind of got it going for those dudes yeah. later on. Yeah, but um, but my dad was like, love the Ramsey Lewis trio, and and it was kind of well, those I, cool. those those ideas were a little Coltrane's ideas were I think a little too out of what he emotionally connected to. There was something in the West they called the cool, and and uh, Stan Getz was yeah and Jerry Mulligan on the Barry and yeah. more calm down maybe not playing uh, crazy ass emotion so much more. Yeah. yeah yeah it was a little more traditional a little, a maybe, little more maybe but they're still I mean? moving they're still improvising no what I mean is the sheets what, of sound what, thing what maybe my, what not my so dad much. yeah that's what I mean connected to was a little more melodic yeah it wasn't as adventurous let's say but I bet you or compared exploring. to uh, before like when Adolph Sachs came up with the instrument 
was a little more. You know, they wouldn't even let those things in the symphony because of the timbre. Oh, really? They still aren't. Yeah, so crazy. You don't see them in symphonies. You notice that? Yeah, so crazy. Something about the timbre. And I've been to the music museum in Brussels where the first saxes are. Oh, right. His brother was a clarinet guy. So that's why they connect with the clarinet. Yeah. And uh, they had him when when, uh, Belgium used to have Franks, Belgian Franks. Yeah, yeah. He was on the five, I think, Adolf Sax. Oh, okay. Okay, so. Your pop's a musician, though. See, what's important about this, too, I think, is you grew up in a house of a musician. Yeah. Okay, not just a listener, which is important, too. Yeah. But also a maker. Did your mom play music? No, she didn't. Okay, but no. was she a listener? She had records? Of course, yeah. 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 I mean, she I grew must up, have been hearing some of her yeah, records. Yeah, man, I mean, I grew up on a steady diet of Motown and Stax and, you know, and a lot of, you know, my dad's jazz collection yeah things, you know what I mean? actually up there too in the city sly yeah yeah who start off i think as a radio dj but then oh wow ends up yeah with a really good band for a while yeah there. oh man yeah. smoking band yeah of course oh man yeah. smoking cats in that band and that and those sounds he put together a big a big hero of mine if you t- if, when you're thinking about sly yeah you know um is shiggy otis oh yeah and because those guys were kind of around the same time embracing the drum machines yeah yeah they were hopping on that and those ideas were so cool but it's funny because there's a song on my new album where when i was writing it i was trying to picture how shuggy would have got down if he had a bunch of analog synths and so um, so anyways when when i think about sly i think about shuggy right up you know what there's a lot of synths in the not real old, but we're talking early 70s. Those three records Stevie did yeah. by himself. Yeah. There's two guys from England putting together these weird yeah. loops. And yeah. it's kind of underneath. It's not yeah. the featured thing. Yeah. You know about this the synth? It's called Tonto. No. Larry, the guy who did the last couple of years of uh, drumming for Scotty and the Stooges, oh. turned me on to this. Tonto. This synth was the size of this fucking room. Wow. I think it's back in England now, but it was wow. in Hollywood for yeah, a long time. Yeah. I think... For a while, the uh, Devo guys had it at that Mutato. Band. I could see that. But it was there's an album called uh, oh, I gotta check called the Expanding Headband or some shit in wow. the whole room, and this they it's used on those Tonto. Records. Tonto. What a rad which name! Which is trippy, right? That's a great name. Yeah, because they're just big chief, like right. But then also in Spanish, it's in Italian, it's idiot. Oh, I didn't know that. Tonto. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> you didn't know that? No, yeah, man. I don't know. It was an accident or. <laughs> I'm thinking of more of like Big Chief, like yeah, of course, because Jay S- Silverheels, we know. Uh, well, you know, sadly because of the depiction of uh, the Lone Ranger growing yeah, up, that's what I mean. his his sidekick that was Jay Silverheels. Oh, there you go. Okay, dude, and but great Tonka. actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ca- kind of stuck in a stupid but role. Come on, man. But yeah. you know, I think in some ways because his name was Kimosabi, right? You're right. Which kind of. Kimo sabe if Espanol maybe no like okay. one who knows everything oh, maybe okay. he's having fun back at him oh yeah Mr. Yeah. Know-it-all so who knows you know it was different times <laughs> a little dig a little, like a little dig I'm getting back like push a little, back a little, little, little like man that guy tried to use the, the, the Lone Ranger they took away his mask after he got the job we own the mask they wouldn't let him do live appearances yeah You're kind of bunk <laughs> Who, who, who knows they would copyright the mask. <laughs> I know the mask. <laughs> and then they had him shilling probably so Econo while he was under the 
thing, yeah. and then when he's on his own, how are you going to make a living? That all was, you're known, right? What's what's called typecast. All you're known is yeah, yeah, yeah. It almost it almost makes me think about when uh, when uh, Michael Jackson bought the Beatles catalog. Oh yeah, Paul doesn't even have the rights. Right to his own compositions. Yeah, yeah. That's so heavy to think. Well, it's just that you would take on... it from the cat. That yeah, this is his man. Uh, I was seeing a thing on Mark Bowen. The guys who own his music is like some dudes don't even make music in the Bahamas. But it's funny to think that the mass is that same kind of thing. Like the dude can't even have any. <laughs> yeah, it's just you know finders keepers or some shit. Uh, yeah. Anyway, business. What's the first record you got yourself? Um, man, good question. So I started skateboarding in the 80s. It was like mid 80s. And so I got into skating at the tail end of the, um, of the public parks kind of, you know, like there were a lot of skate parks that were happening in the late 70s. And a lot of what everybody was listening to in the skate parks were like Devo, Police, Blondie, B-52s. And so... When I got into skating, I missed that era. The, the parks were already closed down because of insurance premiums were just too high, so they couldn't afford it, basically. So they got torn down. Then everybody started building ramps in their backyards, and that's kind of when I got into it. And so in the backyards, everybody was still listening to what they were listening to at the skate parks, which were a lot of that police. And so I think Wait. it was, yeah. And so I think it was, um, I think the first album that was, one of the first albums was um, B-52s. But that was after getting into skating. But I'm a MTV baby. MTV comes out when I'm in like fifth grade. And all of a sudden, you know, it's 24-7 music, right? It's hard to believe now because they do so much other stuff. But back then, it was music all the time. So and you didn't have to buy records. Well, so the interesting thing was is now I'm, I'm watching this new program that's just everything music, but it's visual. And so, and because not that many people had made um, music videos yet, they needed content. So what they used were concert footage. And so I would see these full-on concerts like Ozzy concerts, Iron Maiden, Michael Jackson... ACDC and so and then they would either show the whole concert or they would just take certain songs and just show that like one song from a concert like one song from Song Remains the Same or something and so it was funny because I would see the guy singing and I was like oh that guy's pretty cool but then when the dude would come up and do a solo I was like that dude is cooler and I was like man I want to play guitar and my, my dad, he would take, it's me and my two siblings, I have a brother and a sister, and he would he would take us to, where we lived in San Jose at this time, and he would take us to a record store, a local record store called Rainbow Records, and he would tell us that we could buy one tape. And, but he would take Except. us, yeah, and he would take us, probably, I think we would go every Friday or something, and because of MTV, I dug ACDC, Every time I'd buy an ACDC cassette tape, and then the next time I go, I'd get the next one, and I get the next one, and then I built the whole catalog. You know what I mean? I, I was up. It was everything from like Let There Be Rock to it was Let There Be Rock, 
up to that point, it was for those about to rock. Like, I had everything in between. Big cannon. Yeah. And, but what was funny is, when I got into skating, I had an opportunity to get a Dwayne Peters skateboard. And the dude that was gonna, that was selling it, I knew he was, uh, he was in the metal. And I was like, hey, I got all these ACDC tapes. And I traded him all those tapes for that board. And that was like, up until that point, I was always getting used boards from people because my parents wouldn't buy me a board because they were so expensive. I got the Molans and things just sure. to get to get used boards. And so this guy had a brand new Dwayne Peters, and somehow I found out at school that he was trying to sell it. And I just hit him up with the tape, and he's like, "I'll trade you." Oh, thank you. And then, What's so his when name? I get, I don't remember. Okay. But when I got, but when I got into skating, credit to you though. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, right. But when I got into skating, then skateboarding just opened me up to Devo and all of that. And then from there, we got into Minor Threat. Well, what about not recorded shit? What about, what was your first gig? First gig? So we had a band. No, I mean, you went and saw the Oh, went playing. and saw, I'm sorry. Yeah, your first um, gig. Yeah. That first, first gig you first, played. Yeah, I'm going to ask you about that yeah, too, yeah. but first, first, what's your first, first gig, show you see? Um, First gig I experienced, it was like a local punk gig in San Jose. Okay. It was like a band named Ribsy. What was the club there? Twilight Zone? I don't know. I was like okay. 13 or something. So we were just hopping in with the older this. dudes. There's a San Pedro Street downtown San Jose. Oh, really? There was a place called... I wouldn't shit you in. There's a place <laughs> called The Laundry Works. Okay. And for a couple of years, in 86, 87, the San Jose gig, or San Jose gig, <laughs> was at this thing, Laundry Works, on San Pedro Street. Because St. Peter's the first pope. You know, okay. Yeah, place. yeah, so it's but, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a big famous... Somebody just showed me a picture in New Orleans. Hey, you're, you're down. They don't understand it. Shit's all over. <laughs> He's the first papa, Okay. <laughs> So how funny! <coughs> but I remember playing there, and then there was something downtown called the Cactus Club. Yeah, that's my friend Corey O'Brien, which he used to be a pro skateboarder for Santa Cruz, and he opened up his own club slash bar called Cactus Club. Yeah, okay, yeah. that was his. Yeah, that's his. I played there a few times. Yeah, cool. And on the main street, there that was like kind of the main drag. Yeah, so you're right downtown. Okay, you know San Jose is much like. And it I mean, changed it's, a lot. It's Jesus. Got, yeah, It man. was very rural. Yeah. I mean, you just went outside of it. It was all garlic and farm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, it's a lot of suburbs. Yeah, man. In fact, from the city to Cruz to Sacktown, it's almost one thing. Yeah, starting to. <laughs> starting to, right? Dublin, right, is a big yeah. track home thing now. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what was the first gig you saw? It was a punk show It was downtown, a punk show, and I want to say it was this local band, maybe called Ribsy. Okay. And there was another band called Aggression. Oh, I remember them. If it was the Oxnard, I think it's the same. Okay, yeah, yeah, aggression. It was like one of skeleton guys on the cover. Of the just, yeah, probably. <laughs> and it was kind of hard rock. There was kind of a mix between fast hardcore and uh, yeah, Doctor No kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, yeah. there was an Oxnard band called Doctor no. no. Yeah, and they might have played at that same gig. Oh, really? Because those were all the so bands. maybe it was an hardcore. Yeah, but that brand was... in the the courtship of Eddie Father guy sang from one of them. Funny. <laughs> Maybe it was Dr. No. <laughs> yeah, but I do remember Dr. No okay. in a band called D.I. Sure, they were mm-hmm. part of that Yeah, I was just all there because I was in San Jose, so those guys would be, no, no, I'm in D. their I backyard. Was Casey from Adolescence. Oh, really? He, Richard Hung Richard himself. Hung himself. Richard, Richard Hung himself. <laughs> having just the other Casey. day. <laughs> that was D.I. Yeah. but uh, I think those were like the first shows okay, I saw. Okay. And then Steve what Caballero. Did, did, you know, did your school have a 
schools you went to have music programs like yeah, choir you know what? marching band high school well high school high school again at that point now because of skateboarding because the thing the thing with wanting to play guitar from MTV yeah it still didn't allow me to have access to a guitar because I didn't know anybody who had a guitar yeah. when I got into skateboarding in about seventh grade yeah. now the brotherhood of skateboarders the guys that were um basically open arms to us all-inclusive to me um and my friends that we were skating we those guys played in punk bands and things and so all of a sudden wow there's a drum set there's a bass guitar there's a guitar and then before i know it i'm going to their practices before we go skate and then i'm bugging them to show me right chords as far as school goes so what i was gonna say inside the school yeah no so i was gonna say so I experienced playing the electric guitar through those dudes. Yeah. I get to high school and they just offered like an acoustic yeah. class and I took it, but quickly I was just dis- I was just kind of like whatever. Cuz I'd already, yeah. you know what I mean? I already experienced the energy. Sure, sure, sure. From sure. from I was just wondering because some people uh, do the marching playing the trumpet yeah. or the bone or Yeah, something. I'm not schooled. I'm okay. my school is skateboarding. Well, so <laughs> but some people that they didn't even use that. It was just a part of their life. See, it mm-hmm. just seems like everybody's got a different journey through For music, sure. so that's why I ask about yeah. this shit. And I do think maybe if it didn't help you, it didn't help me. After ten weeks, I got thrown out. What, Mister White? You try hard, but I was <laughs> seventh grade, right, with the clarinet. So like, I never took it again. Yeah. But I think, but some people it does help. For so sure, maybe you have that option there. No, it's great. You know about Flea? He's got this. Uh, yeah. Uh, Silver Lake Conservatory. Yeah, conservatory. You know why yeah. he opened that? For those kids. Or he went, you know, he went to Fairfax. He played trumpet in the band. He goes back after he grows up. They got rid of the music. Program. Yeah, of course. So that's why I kind of asked. Totally. I mean, and you know, Eric's thing that we do, right? Eric and his sure. at, the, at the school. Like, uh, Wurtz. Yeah, yeah. All Par- of, Par- uh, Paramount City. All of that is a solution for the lack of programs, yeah, right? Yeah, right? And but but but. The positive, the positive thing about all that is you have a lot of people like Flea who take it upon themselves to do something about yeah, it course. and offer these programs. And and on the upside of it, that approach is it's it's more of the IV. It's kind of closer to the deal. Like the way that they approach it because they've lived it. In some ways, there could be an argument to say that it's more effective. Because they know yeah. it, the the language they can communicate. It's hard to institutionalize anything creative. Yeah, but I will say, out of the L.A. City School System came Charles Mingus, came uh, uh, Eric Dolphy. Oh, Eric Dolphy, I love Dolphy, pop, dude. His hip hop built him a prac pad in the backyard. But there's their music teachers at school. Yeah, were teaching them to be bold. Yeah. Of I mean, course, it, it all comes teacher. down to people. It's yeah, not you're the right. You're right. It's the people. Yeah, it is the people. and I guess, and it is lame to overgeneralize, but I know a lot of my experiences. I felt like there was yeah, no music. emotional connection yeah. with the teachers. Sure. They were so far away from where I lived. And some people say teachers only create other teachers. Yeah, and then yeah. some people say teachers. Those that can't do teach, but I, I don't know. <laughs> I think things are more complicated. Dude, all my all my heroes yeah. taught. I know, so you I'm know not I mean? anti-teacher. Joe Pass, yeah. all those dudes had students like Carol Case, still giving lessons. Yeah, through the Skype. If you're good enough, you got to be good enough. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I want to play uh, tune off the record here. Uh, 
pink noise. Okay. And everybody who's running out of room knows about pink noise. <laughs> right.
It's about you. It's about me. And at some point, we won't listen to what each other has to say. Nine times nine, I heard the line, but I'm not going. I'm not going, though you would take me there. Use those words as a battle line, a jumping off point that you would force me into. Now it's set for a confrontation. Fine. You were the one who led me on to walk into the fire. What I believe is on paper strips in the burning world of your anger. You hear nothing and answer to no one. I walk into the fire. Where are we living? What country is this? A country that is ruled by a shout and a fist. Why am I nothing when I arouse your ire? Where are my rights when I walk into the fire? Police cars can make a wall. It means nothing to you. The ambulance, the family, all crumble away too. Nothing remains in the night. Your fist, my problem, my fright. Here's a proposition the devil would desire. Come down with me. Walk into the fire.
Definer is your heart. That's your definer. At the end of the day, yeah. that's where it's at. Right. But everybody gets caught up in the exterior. Right. They put so Every much work on the exterior. Right? <laughs> that's why I love Halloween because it's the one day all year we admit we wear costumes. <laughs> that's pretty good. We only admit it one day. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> all the rest of the time, no, I got my real clothes on. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I like my real but, band. But when you, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But when you break it down for some of those personalities, yeah. they like that because they want to hang with or be accepted. That's right. With these dudes. those costume wearers, yeah, these guys that <laughs> are wearing I the costumes. I would never wear those costumes. I don't, I, I, <laughs> and in marketing, they figure it out and they break it down to who's the guy that originated the costume. <laughs> that guy is, becomes the guy that's the influencer. In oh, marketing, <laughs> marketing, they break it down to that. They're like, they do it like because vans, because I skate for vans. They yeah. break it down like that. They're saying like, there's the there's the influencer, then yeah. there's the early adapters, yeah. and there's the people that trickle down from there. <laughs> and it's like that main dude. You got one dude that was creative and was like, I want to do this. It was really close to his heart. Yeah, it was close to his thing. And everybody else is like, Ooh, he did it. He's cool. I need direction. Yeah, let me put that costume. And maybe on. she'll like me if I like that guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or if I'm hanging with them. I mean, whatever. We all have it. I know. I know. I mean, I know. I know. But. Skateboarding you figured did that it for out me. though that man music's a lot of rhythm and melody and lyric. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we heard Ray Barbie with a new album uh, tune, Pink Noise. Then Amy Apps, some brand new from her, uh, Promise to Last. Yeah, she's she's a champ. Like tumors in the head and stuff. Oh, wow. She's fighting wow. music. Yeah. Awesome. Powerful. Joe Brewer, Madison, Wisconsin. Who was the drummer there? Just. Clyde Stubblefield. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. How funky drum. Yes. Okay. And uh, Walk in the Fire, Joe, Joe Brewer, that's his little poem. Then Yoko Ono, 85 years old, just put out an album. Awesome. This tune called Why. <laughs> Guy by Voices. Yes. Probably his 20th album this month, right? Million <laughs> right. songs. Bob Pollard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Colonel Paper. Uh, you're out of Dublin with uh, Flight of the Intergalactic Mallard. <laughs> Mallard is the granddaddy of all ducks, people. That you can all trace them back to, to mallards. Yeah, even the domestics that they, they can't fly, we just chow. The mallards, the big daddy, granddaddy. Wow. And uh, Yapi, um, Happy Lore, because it's Colombia, with uh, Nuestra uh, Declaración. And they, these cats came over to interview me about a documentary regarding Robo, who was a great drummer for Black Flag. He, a lot of people don't know, but he was a corporal in the Colombian Army. Wow. <laughs> when he joined Black Flag. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> okay, a- Andrea Rotten with Locked, and finally Ray Barbie with Future Blues. Which is, uh, got, you know, for as wild as Co-Train is, sometimes you hear a lot of blues going on there. So, you know, it's trippy about music being able to really contain a lot. So th- that's why I was asking you about the school thing, but things were going on after school when you're skating with your guys and then they've got equipment. Yeah. Got access. Because you just never felt everything. like, I'm going to grab a saxophone. That's my pop's world. Yeah. But something about the guitar. Maybe it was that guy. Uh, it was MTV. Angus. Uh, Angus Young. It was MTV. You Thank you, I mean? Mr. Angus Young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and all those guys. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, no, he's great. He's great. And look. How, how much you can do with the A chord? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what ACDC always said, like, you know, 100 albums, one song. <laughs> you know, like... Um, but it's funny when you talk about Coltrane, the blues. If you yeah. just think about the blues in general, I always see the blues kind of like when I hear you guys talk about punk, where it's like, you know, 
correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah. I've always heard you say that punk is an approach. Yeah, um, of and so when I think about blues, if you strip that down to the bare fundamentals or the foundation of it, yeah. it's just expressing yourself. Yeah. Is all it is. Yeah. It's not pentatonic yeah, yeah. scale or it's not a BB King lick or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But blues is just a way of being able to tap into that part of you that you've just got to get out. Yeah. You've got to express and just I like uh, that. And so blues, you can trace that in everything. That's pretty much at the core of everything if somebody's trying to Did you feel that right away when you got on the guitar? But at first it's just wanting to be a part, right? You I was just get the, a band. No, I was drawn to the energy. Okay. Skateboarding's a lot of energy. Sure, sure. A lot but of energy. I mean, and, it, and it was the soundtrack for us. Okay. So what I'm saying is it tra- like my involvement yeah. like my excitement or emotional connection with that energy was a direct a derivative from me on my skateboard us doing what we're trying to do and that was our soundtrack giving us momentum pushing us almost yeah. like when you're driving yeah and you start to fall asleep and you're like I gotta get something uh-huh. heavy yeah. ah and now you're up yeah yeah like motivated yeah that that energy pushed the skating and so off of our boards we just kind of stayed in that and that that was the tie to the electric guitar as opposed to the sax or yeah. the trumpet or whatever it was, yeah, the, yeah. it was the energy it was you know what I mean it was why did you hop on the drum because uh, MTV, I thought the dude coming out doing the solos was the right, cool dude. The hierarchy. Well, I okay. just like I the love top of the pyramid, no, no. then there's the bottom. You know what it was in that round? Yeah. I mean, you know how it is. No, I know inter- how it is. Interview, Believe me. Interviews are where, <laughs> interviews are where you where you start to dissect everything. Sure, sure. You're just feeling and going. Yeah, yeah. You're just responding. Yeah, yeah. But if I were to like dissect it, I'd know. I'm pretty sure what it was was like that dude and the singer had the most room for expression but the guitarist seemed like he even had more room for expression when he'd solo because he'd go in there and support the band and then he'd say i'm going off in my world right now let's go follow me i'm taking you guys somewhere and i think there was something in that idea that i i gravitated towards okay you know what I mean? This idea okay. of just like... But you ended up playing with some drummers and some... Uh... No, no, yeah, for sure. I yeah. mean, and, and and when I say like, come on, you guys, let's go somewhere, it's always inclusive. It's not like, later, it's like, come with me. Sure. And then you learn, I need you dudes because we need to work together for it to be expressed in the strongest way. It's not me, me, me. It's yeah, yeah. us. Well, so do you think a personality for one of your skater friends to end up on drums? I knew that guy was going to be doing it. Oh. <laughs> no. Well, what it was the multi dudes like Tommy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and a lot of that is DIY. Yeah. It's Nobody all DIY. Else to do it, so yeah. I'm do I mean, I learned I learned to get around on bass or vibraphones yeah. or whatever because because of skateboarding, I got kicked out of the band. The band wanted to do their thing, and I was holding them back because I had the bail. Yeah, yeah. But I still wanted to be creating music. So then it came down to a friend gave me a four track, and I would just kind of create ideas. And then I'd be like, ooh, I need a bass now. Okay, I better get a bass. Oh, let me see if I could borrow my friend Lance's drum kit because I want to put some drums on this. And it's just okay DIY. You just want to make it happen. Necessity. But you have to do it on your own terms. Necessity. because so let's exactly. do it. What about, let's go back to your, your first gig you played in front of people. What was that like? <laughs> so we had a band. So that band that I told you, like, again, 
I got into skateboarding in between sixth and seventh grade. Yeah. So when we went back to middle school, we saw these dudes hanging out that looked like skaters, and we tried to like hang out next to them, like we were part of their deal. And then they're like, "Hey, you know, what do you guys do? What did you do over the summer?" And we're like, "We skated." And they're like, "You skate? We skate too. Come hang out with us." Those are the guys that had a punk band, and so they had this punk band called Retaliation. And so before long, I got in the band. And so we we were friends with um, the cool thing about skateboarding and a lot like punk rock or like a lot like music, right? Like I feel like things where where there's the age gap doesn't hinder the the camaraderie or the yeah. relationship. Yeah. You know what I mean? Skateboarding's like that. Like I mean, I I turned forty seven yeah. on the fifth of October, and I was just hanging and skating with a kid that's like twelve years old. You believe that because because of this skateboarding, yeah, it's sure not enough, a weird thing. It's not weird, and music's like that too. Yeah. And so for skateboarding, there is this sense of you get taken in by bigger brothers. Yeah, and then they school you, right? And so it was with skateboarding, and is with the punk bands too, because these skateboarders they had punk bands and they were farther along. And so my one friend Joe Sibliano, um, he had his band called Rage at the time. And they were just super encouraging to us because they knew we were had our little punk band. So they're like, hey, we got this gig. Come open up for us. And so I, I think I was like 13, 13, 14 or whatever. And it was at a mo- it was at a movie theater. And so and I remember for me, like I didn't I was borrowing the lead guitarist in our band. Uh, my friend Mike Griffin, his brother uh, had a guitar and had a little amp. But his amp, Mike had like a 212 PV. So that thing was cranking, and and his bro had like a little like one ten gorilla or something, and so I could never hear myself. Like a prank I, I I could never hear myself in the whole deal. Mime it. Yeah, I just was like I had no idea what I, what I was doing was wrong, and so at this gig we're playing their rigs. Yeah, we're playing Rage's rig. Now I'm loud, and we're up there. Out and off, um, yeah, clams <laughs> everywhere. And the thing is, is we had five, so- we had five songs. Yeah. We blew through them in like eight minutes, maybe. <laughs> and then we're standing there, and everybody in the crowd was like, "Do it again!" Yeah. Whoa, <laughs> we played it twice. We run the set. <laughs> we run the set. Oh man, we're at the end of the first hour. <laughs> That's a great first game. October twenty first, two thousand eighteen. Special guest Ray Barbie Waff Peter. Show hold tight for hour two. October 21st, 2018, it's the second hour. Watch for Pedro Show.
Cause she's got blonde hair 
Bought for Pedro Show start of the second hour with What's His Net? <laughs> Ray Barbie of his new album. You know, uh, I was enlightened to the fact that it's one of the few guitar songs on this new album because synth, Captain Synthesizer <laughs> led the charge on this baby. Yeah. The, 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 whole, the whole album came about because of um, this truck company called Independent Trucks. It's one of my sponsors. And they, they, they want to do a signature truck with me, like my signature one where I get to kind of, you know, they my friend Thomas Campbell did the artwork for it. And it, they call it a capsule collection. And so we got to kind of put a package together with the trucks to make it special. And so one of the ideas was to do a record bag holder, Thomas my friend Thomas had that idea. And so, and Thomas has a, it's a creative hub called Um Yeah Arts where he releases books, movies, and music, basically. And so, Thomas was saying, hey, let's do a, a record bag holder. And he's like, let's do like a little single to come out with it. Well, if it's a record bag holder, maybe a record should be in that sack. Exactly. <laughs> and so, but we were thinking early on, we were thinking just like a little single, like a one song kind sure, of thing. Sure, sure. And right around that time, I had picked up, it's called the Korg MS-20 Mini. And this is a synth. Yeah, it's a, yeah, analog synth. And for me, all my interests, everything that I kind of end up endeavoring in or I feel I always feel at some point I've I'll, it always starts the same way I'll, I'll be curious about it and then that curiosity will just kind of grow and and because of life being complicated things will kind of I'll be curious about it for a while right and so one of those was analog synthesis I was like man I, I always wanted to kind of I always had an interest in exploring analog sense and so I had picked up that Korg synthesizer and I had kind of noodled around and made a song one night sent it over to Thomas and he's like oh that sounds cool what synth is that so then when the when I got hit up by Indy like a month later to do this project and we started talking about doing a single to come out with the record bag holder right then um, I was like I don't want to play guitar maybe I should do something with the synth like that song that I sent you and he's like yeah maybe let's explore that and my friend Johnny well, our friend Johnny Herndon sure. from Tortoise and um, Tone Scientist. Okay. okay. Day after Thanksgiving, a single comes out with Bucky Pope. Oh, awesome! And it's called and Vince Maroney on the sax. Oh, great! And flute. Okay. And it's called Tone Scientist because <laughs> uh, one time Sin Ra called his band that. Okay. And I thought that's a yeah because the other side we did a Sun Ra cover. What, what what about this tune here, Holden Company? So, well, so going back to, so Johnny come, Johnny's living in L.A. now because all those guys were in Chicago. And so since Johnny was local and we had been jamming and doing stuff, then I was like, man, it's a perfect opportunity to bring Johnny in on this album to play with these ideas, with the synths and things. And so I started creating these songs, anticipating Johnny getting in there and do what he does, which is amazing. But I wanted him to be free and just expressive and so that was a big inspiration um, towards these ideas with the analog synth and everything. I just wanted to explore and be wild and stuff, you know. The Holden Company. So Holden Company, um, that was a title that Thomas came up with. Because that's what's fun about instrumentals, right? You can yeah, sure. really be adventurous with your titles, right? And so... Um, John Coltrane called that song Alabama. <laughs> yeah. 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 But there's a direct tie to that. Yeah. We're just kind of pulling... nothing to laugh about, but no. just that, that yeah. one thing. Yeah. And then the feel of his music. Exactly. 
Yeah, totally. And so Holding Company was a title that, uh, you know, Thomas had. And I was like, oh, it sounds cool. It's pretty okay. simple. Let's listen. <laughs>
breaking down that taboo. Lighting torches of freedom. Freedom. Torches
<laughs> off of Beatles show. You know, the, we forgot to mention the songs on the last block. Uh, we had Roger Robertson's Ceremony of Vision from Whack Whack Kingdom, a Cap Gun Coup with Claire Don't Care, uh, Bonsai Universe, that's Woody Appleton, uh guitar peer of Nels Klein, a lot of nerve. Am I in the revolutionary hell yeah with hurt people? From up in the city, uh, the neighbors creep your neighbor by the healers. Finally, uh, Ray Barbie did TRF for computer, which is the title. And what's the title mean? So, because TR is usually a little crown. Yeah, man. And so, for me, this whole exploration of synthesis and wanting to do an album based on the enthusiasm and excitement to explore synthesis. Yeah. Um, a part of that was. I was really excited to learn the history of of synths and analog synths and at that. And so um there was a company called EMS. Yeah. And um yeah, and their synths, you know, you've heard them on like well, Pink Floyd and And Parubu, uh I had Alan Ravenstein on the show and he talked he talk about you know, his EMS. Yeah, yeah, no keyboard. Yeah, yeah, you plug this in. This was two boxes. Yeah, when I you, first saw Peru at the Whiskey, me and D-Boom with this gig, uh, 1977, right? It's a modern dance album. And he's got he's got a table with two boxes. I'd never seen this. Yeah, right? And, and then uh, Jim O'Rourke in Japan, he had a little one. These things were kind of like to learn people. He had the keyboard was actually in the cover. Oh, okay. And it was a little a touch. Yeah, 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 yeah. A little trigger. One was EMS and one was EML. Okay, but the, but these guys were the guys I was yeah. learning about were EMS. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. and so anyways, I was watching this documentary on on YouTube, and one of the guys who was like one of the main like kind of he, he was he was the guy that was kind of had the ideas. He was the one pushing in and trying to create various aspects of the synth, and he had his engineer. Well, so they came to the point of realizing that we need to figure out a way to trigger notes. Basically, at the end of the day, he was already stumbling across the idea of sequencing, right? So he's like, we need to figure out a way to do that. Auto. Yeah, just to trigger the trigger. You don't the have notes. to have fingers. Yeah, it's just the, yeah. the who, sort of, whatever. Sort of like player piano. Yeah. With the scroll exactly, of Exactly, exactly. And, so, um, and so his engineer was like, well, I'm going to need a computer to do this. And so he was like, okay, and you got to remember back then... Computers were only in big industrial Huge businesses things. have it, right? And so programs are on cards. Yeah. <laughs> and so so he was like the wife that he had at the time came from it was well to do, right? Came from uh, a rich family. Yeah. And he was like Well you call it a kept man. Yeah. He's a kept man. <laughs> yeah. But so the so the so his wife at the time had this tiara that they used that she wore at their wedding and he he knew that he could get a lot of money for that tiara so he talked her into selling that tiara and from the money from the tiara he bought the computer to make the sequencer and so this computer took up one whole side of the studio it was that big and it's the first private computer ever made that anybody ever owned. Yeah, it was a big blue IBM. Yeah. And, dude, and so I heard that, and I was just like, that's amazing. Like, right. the idea of, like, he sold his wife's tiara right. to buy this computer. Chase that dream. Yeah, so tiara but for another, computer. another big pewter I want you to check out is Tonto. Yeah, man. Right? 
<laughs> it's an acronym. It means something. Or okay. T-O-N-T-O. Yeah. But there's a trippy album called Tonto's Expanding Headband. And <laughs> yeah, and these are the two cats who went to work with Stevie. Okay. And you listen, there's stuff bubbling yeah. under there. Yeah. People are at the end of the second hour, October 21st, 2018, Dishwap Beatles Show. Special guest Ray Barbie. Hold tight for hour three. I forget what he calls it. Um, he's created a name for it. But basically what he's talking about is that, like, the the most, like, no but no man's an island kind of thing. Like, nobody created anything by themselves. Yeah. It always was in a movement or in a community kind yeah. of thing. And he points out how, like, so many of these artists, certain guys will get highlighted. But if you look yeah. back, they came from this movement yeah. where it all was similar. Yeah. And they're pushing each other. But for whatever reasons, some people get the shine. Right. The other ones forget. But there's this illusion that these cats did it all themselves. Yeah, yeah. And it's not ever the case, ever. Yeah, like, right, never. Right, right, right. It's always built up and nurtured That's a good point. through community and stuff. You know what I mean? Sure. And he uses this, And he's an interesting cat because... He doesn't put his faith in God. I don't know if he's an atheist or anything, but I, but I, but well, from what I hear him saying is, he's experienced. He's had experiences where it's made him be like, well, there's something happening, right? But he talks about how, like, he started to notice it through being like he would. He would still go to these heavy churches, like Baptist churches and things. And he would go in there and be a part of the choir, and he would talk about how he's in there with the choir. He's like that's where it is because everybody's coming together to to worship God and nobody it's not this me me thing yeah. everybody's fully expressing themselves they but they're pushing up and so he talks about how he started uh, um like a singing choir with his friends right and they just sing and he's like yeah by ourselves we're not good but together it's special but he's like it's always funny when I tell like Bono or whoever he's working with about it. And they're like, oh, we want to come and sing. And he says, it's funny because when those guys come in and sing, they're always trying to sing above everybody. <laughs> ah, ah, you know what I mean? And it's like, and it's there's, just, it's an interesting thing. There's a great bass cat over there named Herbie Flowers. You've known his work. Like, over where? Like, Wildside, England. Okay, in England. And he, he runs a choir at his church. Yeah. Yeah, and you would know he's, he's on all the Serge Gainsbourg stuff. Oh, okay, great, great bass cat. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, walk on the wild side. There's actually a string bass and a yeah, yeah. Bass. I know. Yeah. yeah, for sure. It's he kind of or David Essex rock on. Beep, boom. Beep, oh, okay. Boom. Boom. Okay. That's, That's this cat. Flowers, this is dude. Yeah. But, uh, shit. It's October twenty first, two thousand eighteen. Third hour of the Watford Pedro show. <laughs>
vision blood Shapes and colors blend Focus skewed As perspectives end Protection fades I'm open to infection Cut me out in little stars And see my reflection
sky were blue So why do you look at me cross-eyed When I say I don't believe you I thought I'd earned the gold In the Liars Olympics this time out done, so I guess I settle for the silver that is mine. I can open up and wait for you to make the call. Would you set the trap with bait and wait for me to fall?
saying things that we, we're already functioning and we probably a lot of people have already kind of inherently kind of feel yeah feel but he can and, articulate but he articulates and breaks it down and it's interesting when you, hear it, when you hear it you know but a lot of things about keeping things simple right but in how when you keep it simple it's what you've always heard over the years where it's just because what he's talking about is how you can now if you keep it simple now you can build this familiarity with it to actually be able to be creative with it, right? Cool. Like with right. all these programs and stuff, like Pro Tools, or I've been using Ableton Live. Right. I just probably use 5% of what that thing can do. Yeah, right. But it works. But It's a whole band in a box, right? But there's so much going on, yeah. you cannot make anything happen. Like when I moved from my 4-track to my 8-track, I was like, okay, cool. But then when I went to Pro Tools and had 24 tracks... I didn't really finish anything ever because I was like, oh, I'll go put this on later or I'll get so-and-so to come by and maybe put this in. But eight tracks, I was like, I'm kind of already done and whatever goes on better hold its weight, better tow its line. So you like the limitation? I love the limitations. Yeah. Okay, we started third off with Ray Barbie doing Tina Cut. Yeah, Tina Cut. Tina Cut's a funny one, the, the title, because um, that song for me, it always reminded me of... of uh, of a of a talking heads track something about the floating melody of the keyboard because you know talking heads will always kind of push towards this fela kind of zone and african you know you know produced some of their records you know did yeah, yeah. well they got my kind of dude my favorite my favorite album is remain in light is that and the you, airplanes no that's the faces like the oh, four okay. faces um but the feel of that album? Yeah, one side's got the airplanes, one's got the faces. Okay, the world, well, I got the CDs. The world so. moves on a woman's hips. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Boom, boom, boom. The one. Boom, boom, boom. Right, right, right. And so this album... But then they got a lot of syncopation, but then yeah. those big, heavy... And that's that African thing. That's right. That's that African thing. And I remember seeing a gig, because I only saw them twice. Once was in 77 oh, when they had the little record. Cool. A little sounding record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they had a band with like 10 people yeah, in the band. That was, and that's Eno. the one I saw. Mm -hmm. yeah. Eno brought in, brought in bass players. He brought in... Uh, but she did good, Bernie, too. Brought she in Bernie. Some, yeah. Is that right? So All right, this, Bernie, what up? Yeah. So this... Because this reminded me of of um, a Talking Heads yeah. track, 
and then I had my friend Josh Lippy come in and on, on holding company he's playing stand up bass. Yeah. And then there's some stand up on a couple tunes. Yeah, and he plays on the last cut too. Um and so when when Josh was there, me and Thomas were like, Hey, should we have Josh play in this track? Tina Cut track. But the working title for it was Tina Cut because I was we were always like, Hey, maybe Josh should approach it like Tina. Right. Tina Weymouth. Yeah. And so and so when we'd always refer to that track, we'd be like, What about what about the Tina Cut? Yeah, the Tina. And so it's Tina Cut. Whenever it's about I, Tina. I remember her her bass lines for me always sounded like some dude with a bicycle pump just pumping up, really pneumatic. There's this one She's song, awesome. I think it's called, uh, it's the one that's black and purple, uh, like green, lime green on black, kind of great. Money can't change you. Boom, 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 boom. The bass line is so econo, but so bad. Yeah, man. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I, I can't remember what the title is, but it's really she kind of really distinct out. approach. You Maybe know? it's the uh, the second or third album. Okay. Yeah, I've got to hear that track. I don't know that one. I don't know. I don't think. Yeah. But okay. that. But anyways, that's that's what's behind. Now that. we know. Thanks for opening enlightening that secret. Then Stella Martyr with uh, Sugar Marsh Code Settle for Silver, Dave Nesselhoff Solaris, Atlas Courage from Mold Omen, and finally from Upstate New York, we got Pills by Bird Perverts. Okay, there's this tune here, Orca versus Jabba. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, o- okra. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okra, not okra. Yeah, 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 okra. No K. Yeah, no K. Uh, yeah, I don't know how. Okra's one, you know, I, I can eat almost every chow except okra if it's been sitting. Okra's <laughs> It gets rough. a little like oh, Okra's <laughs> like, it's <laughs> like, could be, yeah, it's got to be used right, sparingly, right? It's like, it's like a crazy fried. hot sauce. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, just a dab of so, you. So okra, that, see, when I said red arc, I thought I was thinking about the killer whale. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that track... So is Jabba um, the dude the blubby? This is Jabba from dude? Star Wars. Yeah, 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 yeah. gangster. Yeah, yeah. So this came about because well, my you know like I was saying earlier, my mom's from Alabama and she's yeah. Creole, and so I read um, a book about a mo- somebody from Mobile. Yeah, but, yeah. Brother Matt gave it to me. Red. This is a Mobile guy. Oh, okay, Satchel Page. Awesome. Yeah, and so and you know and my, and my relatives are out there in, in, in New Orleans. Me, uh, about play Mobile about. Ooh. It was 2014. Yeah, fall time. Jack Bruce passed away. And I got. I learned right before the gig. You know, when he's an older man. He lived hard life. Yeah, yeah. But for some reason, it started really getting on me. And by the end of the gig, I get some dudes, uh, Todd nearby, yeah, drinking some bourbon, and I got sad. Yeah, huh? really. So I will it. always remember yeah. Mobile for that reason. Yeah, for losing Jack Bruce. I think Jack Bruce had one, a huh? huge influence on me. Yeah, I'd I remember imagine. getting the eight track. You know, I was a yeah. boy. Yeah, yeah. And eight tracks. Ba- base six, huh? Was he base six at first? Mm-hmm. And then he went to the EDs, okay. which I played. Yeah. Uh, eight track. If you don't learn that little part, there's no needle to pick up. I have to wait for it to come back. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so okay, let, let, yeah. let's play uh, o- Okra versus Yeah. Jack. Yeah.
funny when you hear those stories about when Hendrix was coming around and how like yeah. how him and Townsend were like, whoa, what are we going to do? <laughs> <laughs> those guys would show up and watch Hendrix. They'd come to the show well, and sit know, in the back and they'd be like, what are we going to do? I, I think he was thinking that when he was in the Yardbirds. So like, whoa. I would just hear those stories. You like know, those... Jeff Beck, what, what am I going to do? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the name was trying to say it was too commercial, but because yeah. there was a thing about the blues with those English guys too. And Jimmy God, he could do that in his sleep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jim, you know, he did. He, he fired him up. I thought I yeah. think he helped out. Thought, That's like, what I'm saying. Movements. 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 Yeah. You need that. You know? Bowel movements. <laughs> okay, we heard <laughs> Okra versus Jabba. Ray Barbie, brand new album. The Doers with Hey There, Hoser. They're Canadian dudes. <laughs> Good cats. Yeah. Uh, Stan with Return. That's uh, Strong Beach. Uh, Patrick Grant, theme variation. Uh, David Gerard out of Massachusetts with Evening Solitude. And finally, Neon Native. Yeah. The big jam for the record. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, super free and open And that's up. got the stand up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, the Okra, Okra versus Jabba, when I was, when I was uh, recording that track... Um, we had we had uh, Johnny Herndon. We had him kind of do a beat inspired by um, Doctor John's Big Chief. He's got this song. Oh called yeah, Big yeah, Chief. yeah, yeah. He's got this really cool Creole shuffle. Yeah, right? like second line. Yeah, like just like you know. Zigaboo. Yeah, exactly. Guy swears Zigaboo could put the kick drum any place he wants. Yeah, dude had such command. So I thought. So I thought. Yeah. Man, what would what would like a psychedelic space freak out jam look like on Bourbon Street? Basically, just like if it was just some galactic Bourbon yeah. Street jam. <laughs> and then when I was when I was telling Thomas about the inspiration behind how I approached it, he was like okra because it's such a popular ingredient sure, sure. in in Gumbo, Creole culture, yeah, and Creole. and then. And then, you know, the galactic aspect with Jabba. So it's just that kind okay, of... Okay, <laughs> I understand. It's kind of a, a meeting of minds. Yeah. Okay, just... what about for this album? You go to tour it? Yeah, so I toured. I, I played in Japan. We went out... Great. We went out in July and and did it as a trio, which was heavy to kind of cram a lot of these ideas because I, I tracked a lot, just layer and synths and stuff, okay. you know. But we figured out how to do it live and it was a challenging one but super rewarding and a What blast. about if people want to find you on the internet? Um, I guess just Instagram, like r.barbie. You know? And that's B-A-R-B-E-E. Yeah, people. exactly, yeah. It's not not, not like the Barbie doll. doll yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the real thing here. Okay. <laughs> Okay, but you you got to do a lot more gigs in support, right? Yeah, so go, and that'll be on go my to Instagram. Go to Instagram. He can let you know on that stuff coming up. But no Ray Barbie website. No, I'm, I'm, one day though. I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a lagging skateboarder. No, because but in a way, it's like a fanzine. If you got your own website, you got your own fanzine. Yeah, and I guess I kind of use the Instagram for that. Okay, but yeah. still, you're going. You're borrowing some other dude's bad. Get your own. <laughs> I tell everybody this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, put stuff on the other things, too. Yeah, it's like yeah, putting yeah. up flyers on their telephone poles. But have your own telephone pole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Or your own fans. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Man, it's been a huge honor to oh, have you on board. And, and to put that uh, guitar, D. Boons, in your lap Woo, like that. Yeah, we're going to take on, some man. pictures now, people. Oh, man. But, man, keep Thank on keeping on. Thank you for this treat, on. man. And, and another record's coming? 
Yeah, I'll be cooking up something. Okay. Be more, gu- be more guitar yeah, happening. Yeah, not as much Sith. Maybe. Yeah, I okay. got that on my system right now. And so maybe we'll get in and do yeah. something, man. No. <laughs> uh, people, October 21, 2018, Dishwaff Peter Show special guest, Ray Barbie. Keep your powder dry. Thank you, sir.